Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey guys, thanks so much for uh, tuning in with us, uh, City Church Online, on the podcast, wherever you are. Uh, probably by now you've heard it's, it's been a really uh, heavy and, and, um, and tragic week here in Boulder as our city has been uh, mourning and, and grieving and processing the loss of, of 10 amazing people, and we've had the privilege of getting to know a little bit about them this week, um, just through the community and being able to gather together with other churches in our community and just be able to sit and, and to pray over and to be with one another as we gather together. And um, and I, I just wanted to take a moment right now and um, and pray for, for all of those that have, that have been affected by uh, the tragedy of this week. Um, as well as pray for our community. And so I'm just going to pray for us right now, if you'd sit with me in this space. Uh, God, we, we just want to say thank you for and the hope that we have in you, uh, the privilege that we have to uh, not only walk with you, but then to share the hope that you give us with others. And, um, and our, our hearts and our minds are, are heavy. Uh, they're frustrated. They're, they're confused. Um, um, they're at a loss. They are um, dealing with all kinds of different things in different spaces. And so right now, I just want to pray for our community, specifically for all of the families that are immediately affected by Monday's tragedy. And, um, and we pray for your comfort in their lives in a way that only you can, your peace in their lives in the only way that you can, your provision in their lives in and through this community and, and specifically through the churches, God, that you would continue to guide and direct us to serve and to come alongside those in need. Um, and, and God, we also pray for the greater community of Boulder that, that um, there are, are ripples and, and effects in the middle of this loss. And so we pray um, that you would take everything that is happening and that has happened this, this really, really bad and, and heavy week. And that you would use it to remind us that you're still good and you can make everything work together for good. Even the worst and the heaviest of situations. And so, God, I pray that you would use uh, this message today, this conversation, to comfort our hearts and our minds, to give us direction, to give us peace, and, and to give us uh, eyes to see not only what you want to do in and through us, but, but through us in the lives of others. Amen. God, I, guys, I'm really grateful um, that you're taking the time and sitting in the space uh, with us this week. And, and I, I just wanted to take a minute um, this weekend, we're going to be gathering in person as well, and, and um, obviously, like being in, in space with other people, um, it, it carries a, a different light. And so, man, I just want you to know, if you're on the online platform or, or you're on a, a, you know, a, a different online element right now, I, I just want you to know that even though you, you might not be sitting in a room with other people, um, that, man, City Church, we're here for you. As a community, we're here for you. You can reach out. We'd love to connect, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a meet up in person, in whatever way that we can serve you, come alongside you, offer comfort, offer help, offer help um, to the best of our ability. Man, our community is longing to do that. And so 
Uh, please, please don't feel like you're alone because you're not alone. And no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, listen, you're loved, safe, and welcome. And we want to come alongside you um, as we walk through this thing together. Um, we are a, a week out from Easter Sunday. And Easter Sunday is, is like, and it's, it's a big celebration. And I've been reflecting on this all week. And, and I was thinking about um, what that means for us today, because normally, you know, there's lots of energy and excitement, and we're invite your friends, and it's really, really an exciting time to get together and celebrate. And, and while while the events of this week have absolutely shifted the climate of our hearts and our minds, and we're sitting in a space that is uh, um, unfamiliar and, and challenging and difficult, um, the celebration that's coming in in a week is is no less of a celebration in light of our most recent tragedy. In fact, it might be even more of a celebration as a result of the events that we are currently walking through together. Because next week, as we celebrate Easter as followers of Jesus, we are celebrating the greatest event and the greatest news that humanity has ever known. That Next week, we get to celebrate the very reason that our faith is not dismantled in light of tragedy like we've, we've had to walk through this week. And, and I need you to hear me. Listen, I don't know where you're tuning in on your spiritual journey, but if, man, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is important for you and I. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this is important for you as you process if there is a God and if he's good and, and where he is in the middle of all of this. But as followers of Jesus, listen, we, we don't believe in a God that doesn't let bad things happen to good people. Because Easter weekend is the true story of, of hundreds of eyewitness accounts connected to historical narrative of the worst thing imaginable happening to the very best person who has ever lived. When Jesus dies on that cross, that was all part of God's plan. And as we reflect on that reality, we look at the, the hard, difficult times that we we're walking through, and we remember that, that we don't have to lose faith in God as life around us is hard, because it doesn't just stop there, right? I need you to understand that, that as we approach Easter weekend, on Friday night, that would have been the evening that Jesus was crucified. He was murdered, and he died and was put into a tomb. And on that evening, hope died with Jesus. There were no Jesus followers, there were no Christians, and there was no hope. There was no church. There was no movement. Hope died with Jesus. And if it stopped there, then you and I would have no reason to gather. We would have no reason to hope. We would have no reason to lift our heads in the middle of tragedy like we're walking through right now. But listen to me. Our faith as followers of Jesus, it's not founded and grounded in faith. It's not founded or grounded in the Bible says or grandma says. It's founded and grounded in a singular event in history, and that is Jesus being resurrected from the dead. There were no Jesus followers the evening that Jesus was crucified or on the following day or the following morning. There was no one outside of the tomb counting down from 10 waiting for Jesus to pop out of the grave. All hope was lost and died with Jesus. And then Jesus rose from the grave proving that he was who he said he was, that he could do what he said he would do, and hope came alive with Jesus. And in that moment, guys, listen, this is the best news that humanity has ever had the privilege of knowing and embracing and living out. 
that in that moment when Jesus was resurrected from the, from the dead, not only did it launch Christianity, not only did it launch the church, but since then, that news has been setting people free from sin, setting people free from death, from the devil, and despair ever since. This is the best news on the planet. You see, Easter is a moment in history where hope died when Jesus died. But Easter is also the moment where hope came alive, when Jesus came alive. And I just need you to hear me. Listen, hope has a name, and his name is Jesus, and it is for everyone because Jesus died for everyone. And what that means for you and me, if you're a follower of Jesus, is that we need to tell everyone because we have a hope that the world needs. So that's your little Easter commercial, okay? We're going to have uh, two in-person services. We're going to have one online um, that's on demand. You can catch that one, and you can share it with your friends. You can invite them, whatever's going to be helpful. But listen, that weekend is going to be a time where we're sharing hope, even in the middle of tragedy. And I promise it's going to be helpful. It's going to be powerful. And we're expecting Jesus to do what only he can do. Now, as, as we have our conversation today, in, in light of, of what we're celebrating next week, I, I just want to give you some hope in the middle of this week. And so I'm going to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me show you this here on the screen. Um, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and, and he's writing in light of his suffering. And, and in the same way that, that we don't believe in a God who, who doesn't let bad things happen to good people, Paul's faith is equally grounded in that, that, that he would experience immense suffering for being a follower of Jesus. And he's going to write about that in this space. And I, I just want you to sit in this with me and, and walk through it with me so that we uh, can feel and, and embrace these truths and these realities no matter where you are. Listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I just want you to like lean in and listen to the hope in the text that we're about to read. And if you don't have that hope, listen, I'm telling you, that when Jesus died and he rose again, he didn't just do it for me. He didn't just do it for them. He did it for you. And, and that same access to that same hope is available by trusting in Jesus right where you are, no matter where you find yourself today on your spiritual journey. Today, hope can be yours. And so read with me 2 Corinthians right here. Check this out. Paul says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. This is so important. In light of this week, you know what? The church didn't show up as the heroes of our city. The church didn't show up saying, hey, we're here to fix it all. Right? There's not a single Jesus follower in our city that got together and said, hey, we, we can fix it. We can make it better. Absolutely not, because we have nothing to offer. This idea of preaching is, is to make public through, to make public through my life. And so Paul's saying, man, we don't go around making public this, this hope in and of ourselves because we have nothing to offer, but rather we preach that Jesus is Lord. All week, churches all over our community have been gathering together with the singular hope and a singular banner that we all share, and that's Jesus alone. And Paul's saying, man, we've only got hope in Jesus. If it wasn't for him, we got nothing. If it specifically wasn't for the resurrection, we've got nothing. And we ourselves, Paul says, are your servants for Jesus' sake. In the same way that the church, maybe you're a follower of Jesus, we've been showing up saying, how can I help? How can I serve? How can I love? We do that out of the overflow of what Jesus is doing in and through us. Verse 6, he says, for God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this same light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. In dark times like this, God has made a light available. And he goes on to say that we now have this light 
shining in our hearts. There's a hope that we carry. There's a light that we carry as Jesus followers that we have because of Jesus that we couldn't get anywhere else. And he's helping us understand where it comes from. He says, but we ourselves, this is so important, we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. And we're containing this great treasure. We have this incredible hope, but we recognize it has nothing to do with us. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We don't maintain it. We, we, we don't act like we can just give it away in and of ourselves, but rather we're just pointing people to the one who has that hope, the one who carries that light, that what Jesus did in me, he can do in you, that the hope that I carry, you can carry. That's what Paul is saying. And he goes on to say that this makes it clear. This is amazing. That our great power, our ability to carry joy through, through trouble, our ability to carry faith through hard weeks like this week, terrible weeks, tragic weeks, our ability to, to have a hope outside of our circumstances is from God and not from ourselves. He goes on to say in verse 8, he says, we are pressed on every side by our troubles. Man, I, I've been walking through this week with so many people. And the weight of this week, the mental, emotional, spiritual, physical weight of this week, it is pressing on every side. But Paul says, as followers of Jesus, we're not crushed. It, it, it can feel like we're being crushed. But he says, we're, we're, we're perplexed. We're at a loss for words, and, and, and I feel that space. I don't know about you, but I, I look at the situation of Monday. I look at what our community is walking through, and you're just at a loss with questions like why and, and how could this happen and how did that? I, there's so many things that don't even have words to express. I mean, we're, we're perplexed, but not driven to despair, and I, I can't say that about every single person that I've, I've crossed paths with. But as Jesus followers, we have a hope that keeps us from falling into despair. He says, we're, we're hunted down, but never abandoned. We're not alone. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, Paul says, our bodies, they continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. That Jesus can show up in and through us in a way that only he can. And he goes on to say in, in verse 13, he says, but we continue to preach, to make public, to make known through our lives because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. I want you to catch this. I believed, so I spoke. I had a hope and I had to share it. I couldn't keep it to myself. My faith drives me to share the hope that I have internally. And Paul says, we know. It's an emphatic. This is something that he's clinging to. This is that anchor to the soul. This is the hope in the middle of crushing, just perplexing, confusing circumstances and weight. We know that God, who raised Jesus from the dead, understand where his hope comes from. It's not because the Bible says or grandma says, it's because the pastor says. This is because Jesus was raised from the dead. We will also will be raised with Jesus and will be presented to himself together with you. He says there's a confidence, there's a hope that this is not all there is to be. We're invited to know Jesus, to love Jesus, to follow Jesus, to be saved and set free and to walk with him every day that we have on this planet. But that's not the only invitation. It's life after this life. It's hope after this life. And he goes on and he says in verse 15, all of this, 
is for your benefit. It's for our benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more glory. He's saying, man, the hope that's in you, when it starts to get to other people, and God starts to save and set free, and he starts to change lives and infuse other hearts and lives and souls and minds with hope because of what God is doing in and through you, he says it's going to result in even more thanksgiving, that God can take the worst of circumstances and still bring about the best when it comes to life found in Jesus. He goes on. And he says, this is why we never give up. Listen, I need you to hear me. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is where our hope gets us up in the morning. This is what gets us out of the, bre- the, the, the bed when, when our minds are cloudy, our souls are heavy, our bodies are achy, when we're beginning to feel the physical weight of the emotional toll of the week. No matter, listen, it could be that you're walking through the realities of what's happening here in Boulder, and it could be ha- the reality that you're walking through things in your family and through personal loss and through uh, uh, mental health. I mean, it could be a, a thousand different things that we carry. He says, we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. That Jesus is doing in and through us what we can't do for ourselves. For our present troubles, listen to me. This might be one of the hardest verses to swallow today. But I need you to lean in with me. For our present troubles are small. And they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. The word small here, I don't want you to hear small and hear insignificant because that's not what Paul is saying. He's talking about small in perspective. He's talking about small in light of our brief time on this planet compared to eternity. Not not insignificant, but small in comparison. In verse 18, he says, so we we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. And there's this constant invitation, this constant language to change our perspective, to to change our eyes and our thoughts and our minds and to lift them up and to look at God and find our hope in Jesus. And he's reminding us here again, we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Because if you and I just sit and focus only on what's in front of us, it leads us to despair. There is no hope in front of us. It's only above us. It's only Jesus in and through us. And he says, but rather... We fix our gaze on things that can't be seen. This incredible relationship with Jesus that results in life and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and self-control. This incredible life with Jesus that sets us free and makes us new, that gives us hope now and forever. For the things that we see now, Paul says, they're going to soon be gone. This life, man, a week can stretch out to feel like an eternity. And in other places, we, we, we would see that, that Jesus has walked through everything that we could ever walk through, and he can sympathize and empathize, and he, he can sit in that with us. He knows what it's like for a week to feel like an eternity. But he also carries a perspective outside of this week. 
that allows us to anchor our souls into a hope beyond our circumstances. He says, man, this is soon going to be gone. Our breaths are like just a, a, a flash of, of air. I'm sorry, our lives are like a, a breath of air. And, and he says, but the things that we can't see, those things are going to last forever. That's where our hope is found. And so listen, I hope that these words sit with you in a way that, that's encouraging, that it causes you to lift your eyes, to lift your hope, to lift your, your hearts and your minds in a way that allows you to say, man, there's got to be more than what I see in front of me. And the last thing I want to give you is this. Is that Paul, this whole time, right, he's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the hero of Paul's story. All of his suffering, all of the heartache, it's all pointing back to Jesus. This light inside of him, it's all pointing back to Jesus. Jesus is the light. But then Paul would know this, and, I, and, and I'm going to encourage you with it and remind you of it again, that Jesus said not only was he the light, and not only does he bring us light and hope, but then he calls us to be light. That he's going to make that light shine in and through us. And so we've been in this series called, uh, called The Art of Neighboring, and we kind of press pause on it today to, to reflect on and, and to speak into what's going on in the world around us. But, but it doesn't pause the simple invitation from Jesus, the very simple means of what it looks like to follow Jesus, and that's to love God and to love people. And now more than ever, the overflow of our relationship with God needs to be resulting in our love of neighbor. Now more than ever, our, our literal neighbors, the places where we live, work, and play, in every aspect, our entire community, everyone that we come in contact with and everyone that we could come in contact with, man, we've got to meet them where they are with the love of God working in and through us, to love our neighbors as ourselves, like Jesus invites us to. And so I've given you a couple of practical tools over, over the last couple of weeks to love your neighbor. And today, I, I just want to kind of close with just a really simple tool because as you sit with people, as you create space for people, as you listen to people, as you hold on to your hope, I, I know that you don't want to just keep it to yourself, but your hope is so good. Like the psalmist, man, you, I, you've got to share it. You've got to speak it. But sometimes you and I freeze up and we're like, man, I don't know how to share my hope. And so I want to give you the very simple tool that as you sit with people, as you create space, as you love, as you serve, as you engage, as you are in those spaces, God's going to open up doors for you to share the hope that you have. And you need to be ready to share that hope. And so let me give you some practical tools of just how to share your story. Paul says, Jesus is the hero of my story. And if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus is the hero of your story. Listen, people can argue with a lot of stuff, but they can't argue with your experience. They can't argue with a changed life. They can't argue with supernatural joy and supernatural love and supernatural peace. And so when it comes to sharing Jesus with other people, just start with your story. When it comes to sharing hope with others and when God opens a door, start with your story. You say, man, what does that look like? Let me, let me just give you a very simple breakdown. And, and I want you to work on this because I want you to be ready to share the hope that you have. It looks like this. You're going to break down your story into three parts, okay? Your story before Jesus. I mean, what, what was your life like before Jesus? Your story is very simply sharing with others how you came to follow Jesus, okay? So break it down into three sections. First, it's before Jesus. Second, it's, it's how I met Jesus. What did that look like? How did that happen? How did you come to trust in Jesus and ask him to save you and set you free? How did he change your life? Was it a process? Was it a singular event? How did that happen? And the last part of your story 
It's what's been happening after Jesus. And man, you can give it an elevator pitch. This can be 60 seconds. This can be an hour. But that you would take some time and process your story of, of how did Jesus become the hero of your story? How did he light that fire inside of you? How did he give you a light and a hope that allows you to hold on in the middle of the darkest and most troubling of times? Share that hope with others. Because it's the only hope that you and I can cling to. The only hope that's unshakable. The only hope that we can have a confidence in. And it's in the person and the work and the power and the sacrifice and the love of Jesus for me and for you and for our neighbors and for our community and for our world. That God so loved the world that he gave for you, that he gave for me, Jesus. And so as you process your story, man, just think about it. I'll share just my, my brief story with you so you understand. Man, before Jesus, I, I, I wasn't looking for Jesus. I, I, I wasn't really interested in Jesus. I, I, I had maybe an idea that there was a God out there, but, but I, I wasn't necessarily assuming that he was interested in me at all. I assumed, you know what, be a good person and, and you'll probably go to heaven when you die. That's kind of, that's kind of my, my entire childhood growing up. But at the same time, man, I was looking for identity. I was looking for purpose. I was looking for passion. I was filling those gaps with pleasure, and I was filling them with relationships. And, and I was broken on the inside, looking for anything to fill my brokenness. And at 15 years old, I met Jesus. At 15 years old, I came to understand that Jesus was God, that he gave his life for me on the cross for my sin, that he was buried and that he rose again, proving that he was who he said he was, that he could do what he said he would do. And at 15 years old, I gave Jesus my life. And man, as you're sharing your story, just tell people how that happened. Man, for me, I went home and I said, Jesus, I don't even know how this works, but I believe in you. I believe you died for me and I need you. I want to follow you. And Jesus changed my life. He didn't just make me better. He made me new. He made me different. And since then, guys, I could talk for hours about everything that Jesus has done and continues to do in and through my life. But specifically this week, I've been running to Jesus over and over again as I'm trying to reconcile the bad in front of me with the good God that I know. And so as you share your story, meet people in that space and be able to share the hope that you have that this is not the end, that there is life after this life and there is hope in Jesus. So here's my encouragement to you. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, be able to share your story because God's going to open up opportunities and you need to be able to share the hope that you have. In fact, it is selfish for you to have comfort and peace in an internal hope that you found in Jesus and not share that with other people who don't have that hope. That is not the way that we love our neighbors. So be bold and be ready to share the hope inside of you. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, hear me, listen. Jesus wants to be the hero of your story. No, no matter how heavy your story has been or how good it's been, how flashy it's been, how broken it's been, no matter where you are, 
no matter what you've done, and no matter where you think you're going, Jesus wants to meet you where you are today. He wants to be the hero of your story, that he gave his life to show you that he loves you, to remedy this this brokenness and this sin problem that separates us from God, to pay the penalty that you and I deserve to pay with our lives. And then he rose again, proving he has the power not only over death and the devil and sin, but also the power to set us free, the power to give us new life, the power to set a hope deep down in our souls like an anchor for the soul that when the the winds and, and the trouble of life and all of the circumstances just begin to crumble around us, There is a foundational hope that you and I can have in Jesus in the present moment and in life to come. I said, if you've never made a decision to trust in Jesus right now, today, you can make that decision by simply praying with me. You can say, Jesus, I I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again to save me and set me free. I want you to save me today. I want to follow you today. And if you would pray that prayer with me today, I want you to have confidence in this reality. That the life that Jesus had as he rose from the grave is now the life that he is working in you. That you can have confidence of relationship with God. You can have confidence of freedom from sin. You can have confidence of an eternity connected to a God who loves you. Listen, we're here for you. If you're walking through things that that you could use some one-on-one help with, if you or someone you know is walking through life in a way that may just need some resources, needs some community around them, just know that we're here for you. We love you. We'd love to come alongside you, okay? It's been an honor sitting with you in this. This is not the end. This is, quite frankly, still the beginning, but we're still in this together. So make sure to join us next week as we talk more about the hope that we have in Jesus for Easter weekend. See you there.